Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every $20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at Armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It's the Underpowered Hour. On this week's show, I can I discuss a wooden picket Range Rover, ice storms in Oregon, a quick trip to Iceland, and whatever's going on in Land Rover news. And now, here's the show. Welcome to the Underpowered Hour. I'm Steve Barris, mild-mannered television executive by day and Land Rover collector by night. You can find out more about our cars and what we're working on at thebarriscollection.com or follow us on Instagram at thebarriscollection. I'm joined, as always, by my good friend, Ike Goss. Thank you to everyone joining us today. I am the mechanical handbrake to Stephen's electric parking lock. I am the terrifying but inevitable role of podcasting, Ike Goss. I own and operate Pangolin 4x4 in Springfield, Oregon, where we live and breathe Land Rovers. Check us out online on Facebook, Instagram at Pangolin 4x4. Let's get started. All right, Ike. Well, hey, we're back and it's just you and I. It's just the two of us. Thank God we're finally alone. (laughs) It's been a while. It's been, I feel like it's been months since, uh, you know, we've had a lot of housekeeping to do we've had a lot of amazing guests we've had a lot of adventures to recap and uh, we haven't got down to the business of just uh you know just just some intimate one-on-one here it is we're down to brass tacks that's right i think that's what the people really really it's time to disrobe what are we going to talk about today well speaking of what the people really want to hear uh my favorite thing and also our good dan from uh rover talk uh funny has we just spoke about this the other day back up on bring a trailer and in fact this one's been there before without doubt my favorite classic range rover all this this includes like actual like classic range rovers like a suffix uh two-door in like a cloller um you know like an actual collectible desirable car a wooden picket convert it is an incredible thing oh. if you uh you know wooden picket for those of you that aren't familiar uh was a uh, custom coach builder yep that uh, was was pretty prolific in the 70s and 80s. Yeah. And one of their uh, mainstay products was custom Range Rovers, often, as you might imagine, for the Middle Eastern market. Yes. 100%, so yeah. if you are a, uh, a sheik yep. in the Middle East yep. and you want to set yourself apart from other sheiks in the Middle East, right. you might purchase a wooden picket Range Rover with such features as, you know, uh, multiple television sets. Yes. Uh, a yep. uh, an eagle roost. Yeah. 
that. you know, some, mm-hmm. they, they really did. Yep. They had elevating seats, you know, yep. ones that would would elevate you above your driver mm-hmm. and front passenger. Mm-hmm. So the rear seats would elevate so you could like fly your falcons out over the desert mm-hmm. and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Or just look down on people. Just look down in general, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is pretty, uh, you know, something that uh, Range Rover owners really like to do. Yep. So it's very uh, what better way yeah. than to have seats that go up even <laughs> higher so you can look down on other Range Rover yeah, owners. Yeah, yeah, exactly. No, it is. And this one, this, I guess it's sold before for what, like 50 something, right? Right? Did you say 54? I believe yeah. in 2020, 54,000. So, not that long ago. Um, now it's uh, it's got about three days left, I think, and it's 35,000 now. I imagine it will probably go somewhere close to what it what it did before. I imagine it's in pretty good shape. I have to say, like, the paint is in pretty good shape. It seems to be mostly original. They did some suspension work, like, it looks like they've lifted the suspension, obviously, and uh, and they have uh, of mucking about with that, but for, for the most looks pretty original down to the you know it has all of the classic wooden picket thing like uh speakers in the head and uh giant bizarre speakers in the headrest i mean if you look at those seats the first thing that comes to mind is a saudi arabian prince you know you just yeah you you can't see anything else you know and uh, the steering wheel looks like it's from a like a a three series bmw for some reason Mm -hmm. And there are more gauges in that car than in an F-35 fighter jet. It has just got, there's no, you have your finger on the pulse of literally. That's where they got the design for the F-35 fighter jet, which is why they went like $4 trillion over budget in the design of that airplane. That's right. And uh, it has, one of the nicest features that it has is the uh, flip down glove box uh, on the passenger side. And and it's at sort of like uh, uh, leaning over to snort level which is really nice. Mm. It's got like this fold-down tree. Uh, some of them were just mirrors, uh, and there's, yeah. a, there's a bountiful amount of uh, cocaine space uh, in front. I like the do- like a little uh, lecture uh, in it. There's, there's, it's just, anyways, it's a glorious car. Uh, it's a time capsule. It really it's really yeah. reminiscent of yeah. a particular era. And nothing's been changed about time the car. Yeah, it's in really good, it's in like really, like really original kind of condition. Save the suspension, but you could always so, do that. So here, this begs a question, Stephen. I know that you want this Range Rover no, so very, bad. very badly. Why are you promoting this auction? It's just gonna, no. it's just gonna drive the price. I up. know you're right. You're right. It, it is. But uh, yeah, I just, I don't have the room. This is definitely a car that needs to be kept inside. I imagine it is nowhere close to watertight or anything. And uh, yeah, I mean, you know, it's got, it, yeah, it's got all the things. You know, like you can look at the top. Like the top is in pretty good shape, and it's got. This is actually my, my most favorite wooden picket two-door convertible Range Rover feature. If you look at the back, unlike most convertible, you know, convertible like trucks, right? Where you you think the top goes all the way to the back of the car, right? Like it's it's flush with the tailgate. Wooden picket didn't make it flush with the tailgate. They made it kind of more like a cabrio where it it has a little like a little bit of a trunk almost. It's it's got what I like to call the wooden get, uh, convertible Range Rover bum. It's just got like a little bum back there, just a just yeah. an adorable little bum. I think it's it's uh, part. It, it's it's a very distinctive feature. It's a distinctive you know? feature. <laughs> I like. It and uh, there are there are very few cars in yeah. the history of automobiles that uh, have that similar feature, but there is one. There is one mm-hmm. which uh, you know we talked about before That's the show. Right. It is right. it is the Furvis Ranger. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> for those of you unfamiliar, the Furvis Ranger is perhaps the pinnacle of automotive engineering. It really is. And, and uh, I mean, who wouldn't be familiar with the Furvis Ranger? I mean, 
I mean, I am. Once uh, you've seen so the Furbis Ranger, I assume most people are. You're a changed person. There, you'll think of your life as you know before I knew about the Furbis Ranger, and then what comes after, because it really is. It's that incredible of a car. Really amazing. Yeah. If you want to Google this thing, it's it's F E R. Yeah. V E S. Yeah. The Furbis Ranger. The Furbis and Ranger, uh, yeah. this is a this is a factory built. Yeah. Uh, Fiat. Yeah. Micro forward control. Yep. Four by four. Yep. And uh, it's incredible. It, it, really it, it looks like a four by four bumper car. If you could picture a four by four bumper car, that's right. It, this would be. That's, it. that's what it would be. And yeah. it has a tiny convertible top, and also has a very distinctive little bump. It has a little just bump, just like you like. I do. I like this little. I like little car bums, and uh, these cars both have little car bums right behind their little soft tops and it is it is pretty adorable is pretty so adorable. uh go out and get yourself a wooden picket range rover and a furvis ranger. ranger yeah yeah absolutely and we should have we, we should get a furvis ranger and do a, uh, a mod a kit test of the furvis ranger. yeah we should do oh yeah which is better the uh off-road the wooden picket range rover or the or the furvis ranger here's a question for you steven mm. which do you think there are more of Furvis Rangers oh. or running Freelanders? No, well, no, I guarantee it's Furvis Rangers. <laughs> it's always Furvis Ranger. It's it's always any, anything and running Freelanders. Mm. It's always the other thing. That's just how it is. But we are coming close to the first YouTube video. Speaking of Dixon's favorite topic, the NAS Freelander, we're getting close to a video of uh, Liza has got the car, I mean, running, you know, air quotes around cool. that. But I mean, it's it moves under its own power. Right. <laughs> You know, which right. is something moves under its own power. Yeah. Like you turn the air conditioner on full blast yeah, and, and it open the back window like, and it kind of like, yeah, pushes yeah, forward yeah, a little exactly. bit. Yeah, then it works. It works. So, you know, there you go. Speaking of moving under its own power, we reached out to a company called Bamboo Labs. Bamboo Labs makers of fine 3D printers the world over. And the finest, the fi only the finest to let them know that there's a little show called the underpowered hour that is a big fan of 3D printing. We use a ton of it here in the shop down at the old Barris collection and find it to be very useful for making little jigs and specialty tools and even little parts for uh, for the cars, especially things like our patented series one cup holder. That is uh, real, real important when you're going through the drive-through in your 80-inch, uh, because uh, you know you need four hands to drive that car, and uh, you know I don't have a fifth for the latte, so got a little, got a little cup holder for that. But um, we reached out to them and we gave them someone else's YouTube channel and podcast as our own. Smart, and uh, Smart. they were nice enough to send us a printer to play around yeah. with, and so uh, yeah, we're going to be doing some. 3D printing with the Bamboo Carbon X1, which is a very fancy printer. It can print all kinds of different materials. It has a little guy that sits on top that has four rolls of material in it, and it can switch between them. And it, it actually, when it changes between them, it actually poops the difference out the back of it, like a little chute, like it just poops it out. So kind of cute. That's your favorite part. That's my it? favorite part. Yeah. Sometimes yeah. It'll, it'll get stuck in the chute and you got to kind of, you got to get up there and you got to get it out. So, uh, I don't, I don't know yeah. that I yeah. like this. That's, that's what you discussion. do. You just have to get in there and um, clean it out. But I am excited yeah. about the uh, the printer, and we're going to come up with some uh, really fun things to do yeah. with this 3D printer. So if you have an idea for a Land Rover-related item, either some sort of 
knob or fixture mm-hmm. or something that you think would be really handy, some accessory that you're like, man, I wish we could do that. You know, send us a note. We'd love to hear from you and get some ideas on what we should use this printer for with respect to your Land Rover project. Absolutely. Yeah. So we're going to be, yeah, we're going to, uh, it's really exciting. So thank you to the fine folks at Bamboo Labs for uh, your support of the podcast and the YouTube channel and all of that sort of business. And uh, yeah, if you'd like to see uh, Abigail and I unboxing it and all that sort of stuff, we, uh, we're uh, in the process of putting those YouTube videos together. So head on over to the YouTube channel and check it out as we're going to be doing all kinds of shenanigans and we're going to be making stuff, sending it up to Oregon for Mike and Linus to uh, to wrench away on or to or to do whatever. So yeah, and, and do send us in those ideas and we'll, uh, we'll print them up, see what happens. It's going to be great. Yep. Structural uh, parts for Linus's overalls, you know, we'll, we'll give it Speaking a go. Speaking of parts for overalls, mm-hmm. my understanding is the, uh, the supply chain crunch over at JLR has uh, somewhat eased up and that is allowing them to complete more vehicles. Uh, I imagine that's uh, good for the bottom line. It sounds like it because for the first time in a little while, profits are up. Profits are up at the old JLR. Yeah, yeah. The uh, the stock price of Tata Motors has nearly doubled in the last year. So uh, for those of you that like to invest in such things, yeah. you know, invest in your favorite uh, off-road vehicle. Is that the... mostly on the sales of uh, Tuk Tuk? Uh, you know, uh, according to the article I read, two-thirds of really? Tata's revenue is from JLR. Wow. I could not believe that. That doesn't I, make uh, sense at all. I uh, didn't, that didn't seem to make sense to me, but wow. uh, that's what the article said. Wow. But that, that. We need to send that down to the fact checkers downstairs yeah. because that does not seem right. Wow. However, they do not have a separate stock listing for JLR, right. only Tata Motors. Only Tata, so yeah. Tata Motors stock is is up and, you know, through accounting, uh, creative accounting or otherwise, <laughs> profits are up at yeah. JLR. And this is despite the fact that now insurers are refusing to insure your Range Rover depending on where you live in and around England. Some parts of London are now black zones for insuring your Range Rover. So in order to combat that, JLR has started its own insurance program to insure its Range Rovers. And this is, of course, this stems from the key fob hacking or whatever you want to call it, entry system hacking of uh, certain models of Range Rover where sophisticated hackers like those found in like the nerdy guy in every heist movie that sits, you know, near a fountain or something with his laptop and, uh, you know, types away furiously as the guys, you know, stand in a parking lot with a crowbar saying like, hurry up, keys, we need to get into the car, you know, like that, that's happening a lot, I guess, in in England, although with English accents, I imagine, but uh, as a, you know, result of that, JLR has started their own insurance program. And they've posted a video on YouTube explaining it, how it'll work and how you can get it and what have you. Yeah, that's uh, that's probably a very popular video. I imagine a lot of people are watching the Land Rover Insurance Program YouTube channel. Yeah, it's a good one. It's real. Uh, but real. if you've got a Range Rover, that's, that's important stuff yeah. because uh, there for a minute, it seemed like uh, a lot of vehicles were going uninsured and people were having to to sell them or offload them because yeah. they couldn't register them yeah. without insurance. Yeah, you'd have to sell them into an area where you could insure them and you'd end up kind of taking a bath on them, I imagine, because... Which in England is very difficult. Yeah. It's it's very difficult to find a place where things are not getting stolen. It's not a very big country, so you kind of have to go real... You know, when I, when I first went to England, this has been a long time ago, I was not prepared for the level of property crime that exists right. there. I went to a large internet cafe back when there were such things. Yeah. I was like happily typing an email and I had my, my backpack on the floor next to me. 
and I bend down to get something out of it and I look under and there's this is a huge internet cafe. There's just like tons of tables with computers on them. And I look under and there are there are thieves crawling around on the ground cutting people's backpacks open to get their phones and other valuables. It was amazing. I was not pretty like you could see for hundreds of yards under this uh, <laughs> under these tables. And there was just like at least three guys going around stealing things. I was uh, I was not prepared for wow. that. Yeah. And uh, that, you know, you read these uh, Land Rover magazines from the UK, motorcycle magazines from the UK, at least two thirds of every issue is devoted to devices to keep yes. your Land Rover or motorcycle That's from right. getting stolen. Yes. You know, testing those devices. And some of the devices they have for keeping your Land Rover from getting stolen are incredible. Yeah. They're like yeah. boxes that you lock around your pedals. Yeah. There's, there's, uh, it, it like steel uh, rings that go around the your steering column. Steering wheel, yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. There's boots, various mm-hmm. boots that you can put on the wheel of your car. Yeah. Shifters that chain to the dash. Yeah. You know, like it's, mm-hmm. they're serious mm-hmm. over there. I bought a Land Rover from the UK and it, I bought this Land Rover from, for $500 mm-hmm. from someone. Mm-hmm. And I got it back and it had like kind of a, a draw on the electrical system. I was like, oh, I better investigate this draw on the electrical system. I bought this uh, Land Rover out of a swamp. It was like a 65 yeah. Series 2A. Mm-hmm. At any rate, I go to investigate the electrical draw, and there are no fewer than four alarm systems <laughs> on, this, on this Series 2A. I can't imagine that uh, this person didn't spend far more than the vehicle right. was worth uh, on alarm systems. One of the alarm systems was simply to protect one of the other alarm systems from being stolen. So. Right. I think three of those were actually, you know, <laughs> redundancies on top of redundancies. It's a, it's a island entirely populated with criminals. Exactly so right. yeah. I mean, you won't get shot there, but uh, you will you will be stripped naked. Yeah, uh, yeah. all your stuff. Take all your stuff. Stolen. Yeah, they're gonna take all your stuff. Yeah, no, it's interesting. It's a uh, it's a big problem, but uh, thankfully JLR is uh, there to step in and I guess self insure you. So interesting uh, how that will uh, how that will work out. And I guess they are working on a fix to make it so that I don't know hackers can't get into they can't hack your net you know make it so that they can't hack your hack your net <laughs> they're going back to just keys yeah just, that's what keys. they're they're just going to can't hack the key can't hack the key yeah it's just a key you know you just stick yeah, it in the, the lock hackers won't know what to turn do with they it. don't know what they to just, do with it yeah exactly yeah no it's I, gonna be great they're just gonna start selling 80 inches again nobody knows how to drive you can't they can't they don't know what to do you say that but uh on facebook on the series one brotherhood facebook yeah. group this week there was i believe a, an 80 or 86 inch that was oh, wow. that was stolen oh wow so uh if you've seen some squirrely folks driving yeah. 80 inch land rovers uh you know keep an eye out for that it would have to be a 60 or 70 year old person recently let out of a long-term prison sentence i imagine Oh, you think that's, I think what that's what it's, it's going to be? It's another great train robbery. Yeah, it's like a it's a geriatric theft situation. I think that's the only way that it that it would be. You know, it's like one this one last it sounds like a one last heist. Sounds like a Morgan Freeman movie. Yeah, right. It, that's I think that's what it's got to be. Right. It's the Rock. Yeah. You know, he burrows out of jail and steals an eighty inch. You know, because it's what he knows. You know, I'd watch that. Speaking of Land Rovers in the movies, yes. Yeah, speaking of, uh, yeah, there is a there is not necessarily a movie, but a Hulu mystery murder series yeah. called murder at the end of the world yeah murder at the and end of the world. uh yeah it's it's sort of like uh it's it also has hackers in it now um, does this take place so in antarctica is that why it says at the end of the iceland. world iceland uh Actually, iceland yeah i'm not of sure. the world technically yeah you know that's i wasn't fine. in charge that's of the name that's of this okay one, that's but, all right uh, 
That's the that's the name of this, and it's it's, it's sort of a, a gotcha who done it, uh, yeah. you know, for the mm-hmm. I like the twenty first century. I like near future mm-hmm. technologies running rampant AI this and robots that, yep. and yep. it has a girl with a dragon tattoo oh, okay, sort of yeah. flavor yeah, to yeah, it. Like you know, that. yeah, they like that. Yeah, that's popular. People like that. Yeah. So uh, there's there's a sort of a hip, you know, uh, hotel sort of thing, and all these people from around the world have all these technical experts have been. Yes you know, yes. brought to this place by a, a, a mysterious and reclusive billionaire. As you do. And, yeah, uh, as you do. Yes, you do. Yeah. And uh, people start to drop dead. Oh, yeah. And the only sure. way that they can get around is Land Rover Arctic trucks. So they've got uh, several yeah. Yeah. defenders in the in the series mm-hmm. that they drive around in Iceland. You know, the, the Defender 130 and yep. 110s and with the yeah. snow tires. Yeah, those are prepared by our very good friends at, and you know, we got to have those guys on the show at some point, but by our good friends at uh, at Arctic Trucks out of Iceland. And uh, they prepare the Defender. They've actually, they bought, what was the company that bought the last 26 or 30 or whatever Defenders off the line? Uh, Arctic Trucks did something similar. They ordered, I think Emil was saying, like they ordered 30 or 40 white 110s the la- in the last year of production and had them shipped to Iceland as that's what they use as their primary platform. And they use it for tourists. Uh, our good friend Nolan Yap, uh, he rented one of the 110s when he was in Iceland uh, doing his, uh, he was on there on vacation doing some photography and stuff. They take the regular 110s and, and you can rent one of those, but then they also have the high flotation tire or the glacier cars, they call them. They're real cool. They run on the high flotation tires. They have like raised suspension and giant fender flares and big running boards and stuff so that you can go out onto the very loose packed ice and out into, you know, real much deeper snow and stuff. And they're, and they're very cool. But Emil Grimson is the gentleman who founded Arctic Trucks and runs Arctic Trucks. And he's a good friend. And uh, we uh, did all of the North of the Wall stuff for Game of Thrones uh, in Iceland. And we just finished shooting... Uh, True Detective there, the latest True Detective that's uh, that's going on right now, the Jodie Foster one. We also shot there, and we used Arctic oh, Trucks again. I didn't realize that was. I didn't realize that uh, that was that was there. Yep, yep. It was. It's supposed to be Alaska, I've, but it's actually. I've watched the first two episodes. Oh. That's uh, quite good. Yeah, and we used uh, we used Emil for that too. We used uh, Arctic Trucks. Uh, I'm sensing a theme so. here. These these uh, you know sort of Arctic murder mystery defender crossover things. You know, it's very popular. It's, it's popular. Very popular. Yeah, it's very popular. It's very popular. Very, speaking of ice and snow, <laughs> we have had a speaking of the incredible. Arctic. <laughs> speaking of the Arctic, we have had an incredible ordeal here in Oregon. Uh, we've got a uh, unprecedented cold front, yeah. as well as an a normal amount of precipitation. Actually, I take that back. We've had double the amount of precipitation that we normally get here yeah. in Oregon. And if you know anything about Oregon, it does rain here. So sure does. a tremendous deluge of precipitation. Although I would say the most notable precipitation has been all of the trees in town have fallen over. Oh, they, no. have, uh, <laughs> they have fallen over. And, uh, you know, uh, we had a, a, a big ice storm. Yeah. Uh, two two or three inches of solid ice built up on <laughs> everything in town. So it was really beautiful. Yes. you know all the yeah. all the trees and and plants and uh, people, you know, uh, less mobile people, yeah. uh, were all covered, covered in, in ice. ice and yeah. uh, the vehicles were covered in ice. Yeah. And it was extremely difficult and time consuming to to break the ice up yeah. and and get a vehicle out, even if it was capable of driving. And and most vehicles. 
are not capable of driving. Most drivers are not capable of driving on solid sheets of ice. Right. And the whole town was was covered in this. And and the weight, the weight mm-hmm. of the ice just broke most of the trees in town. So thousands of trees fell over, literally thousands of trees fell wow. over. And they fell on houses, they fell on vehicles, and they most notably fell on power lines. Ah, uh, yes. And so... I think something like 80 power line poles oh fell during the, the storm. Oh, and no. um, the entire town mm-hmm. of like 200,000 people, yeah. many of them, most of them, most of them were without power for a week or more. We were without power for uh, 10 or 11 days oh here at our house. And a tree fell on the power line and ripped it off of the house. Yes. And our, our good friend of the show, Linus Tremaine, of he course. had a huge tree in his backyard. Yes. And it split into four pieces and oh, no. basically crushed crushed everything in four different directions. So <laughs> no. his, his deck, his roof, you know, his fences, like oh. it just it just smashed everything. Like thousands and thousands of dollars worth of damage. Oh, no. uh, yeah, really a serious incident. The power was out to the... Uh, the wastewater treatment plant mm-hmm, in town. Mm-hmm. And so uh, they had to have a boil water notice. So people were without water, without power. People on wells who didn't have power didn't yeah. have any water at yeah. all. It was a big ordeal for people. I guess people aren't used to that. You know, they're say, saying, you know, once in a generation sort of uh, weather event, people went insane. They <laughs> bought all the propane. <laughs> They brought all the firewood. They mm-hmm. bought all mm-hmm. the bottled mm-hmm. water. Mm-hmm. They they just, uh, everybody just everybody bought every, everybody yeah. bought everything. Yeah, there's nothing left. Everybody, yeah, yeah. Tempers uh, tempers were running pretty hot, and uh, mm-hmm. they, people were people were pretty upset. But you know, just we were able to to get around. We chained up mm-hmm. the Series One Land Rovers, and we were tootling about town, cutting yep. up trees for people yep. and pulling cars out of the ditches and stuff like that. So we were pretty mobile and we were able to help some other folks, but uh, it was it was definitely a challenge. Wow, that's fantastic. I mean, uh, it was fantastic, but we didn't have any heat in our house for, right, for, uh, the better for part quite of, some time. Yeah. Did, yeah, it was it was 33 degrees inside our house. It was it was it was cold. <laughs> it was very cold. Now, did you have do you guys have like a wood-burning uh, stove, uh, fireplaces, anything like that or we do. We have a fireplace in our home. Mm-hmm. However, we are currently in the midst of a a, a long term remodel, and right. we have no ceiling in our house, so uh, no real way to keep that fireplace. Not that fireplaces are very good for heat right, homes right, anyway. Right, right. So we were we were definitely huddled around just, the fire. Right. We just kind of a lot of cuddling happening. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, yeah man. Yeah. You just you just bundle up and uh, yeah. you know hope for the best. But, uh, <laughs> it was uh, it was crazy. Wow. But you know, honestly, it was it was kind of interesting. It's yeah. kind of fun. Yeah. But power was out at the shop for quite some okay, time. Yeah. Power was power was out just like like I said all over town. So how did uh, the workshop fare in all the uh, ice storm and everything? The uh, the building's okay, and how's the horse? The horse is okay. Yeah, we uh, we stopped by and checked on the horse and uh, fed him some carrots. But uh, the horse was having a great time. Yeah, okay. He was out there rolling around in the in the uh, snow and ice and uh, just having a good old time. But um, uh, most other people were not having a good time. Most other people <laughs> I can were. only imagine. Almost all businesses were closed. Yeah. All the schools were closed. Yeah. There were there were children running running amok. You know, 
but uh wow. yeah wow. it was it was uh, definitely interesting wow well no question about it well, a little adversity thrown in there for the people of oregon that's good for you guys. <laughs> yeah the people of oregon just really can't have enough adversity <laughs> to be honest so my property which i i have this uh, mm-hmm. small wooded lot uh south of town it's about 20 acres yeah, uh, there are there are probably 100 trees that have fallen there that uh i will have to to saw up. So uh, join us later this summer for uh, the Underpowered Hour Chainsaw Fest, uh, hosted in uh, rural Oregon. And uh, yeah, bring your chainsaw. It's going to be great. It's going to be, be great. Uh, whoever chainsaws the most trees wins a uh, wins a 3D printed tiny Ike. It's going to be great. If you have a PTO powered wood chipper, I would like to hear from you. <laughs> I would like to hear from you. <laughs> Yeah, so it's going to be great. Uh, anybody needs some uh, wood chipped mulch? You know who? Firewood. Oh, come on down. Yeah, come on down. Crazy Ikes. A lot of firewood. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's going to be Cut great. your own. It's going to be great. You're going to make a log cabin out there. Several, Several log cabins. Log cab- Whole little guest area of log cabins. Uh, it's going to be fresh cut log cabins. Nothing better. Nothing better. All right. Well, with that, if you haven't headed over to the old uh, YouTube, uh, please do. We've got the forward control video is up, Ike. You can check us out uh, going up there, getting Carlos and stopping at Pea Soup Anderson's, which after 100 years has announced their closing because we stopped in and got some pea soup. I can't imagine why. I think they've actually had the same pea soup going for basically 100 years. They just keep kind of like dumping in some new... They they never actually turned it off. In the morning? Yeah, they've never really turned it off. They just kind of, you know, they just kind of keep it it going. It's kind of like the Tootsie Roll format. You know, there's, there's, you know, theoretically some small part of the original batch in there somewhere. Anyways, unfortunately, we put them out of business, I guess, accidentally by by our short visit with the forward control, so... I apologize to PC Bandersons for that, but uh, that video is up and uh, yeah, we're working away on other things. Liza and Jenna's Rebel Land Rover women's panel from Destination Defender is going to be up there real soon. So uh, check that out. And of course, Ike and I's stellar performance from the Defender Trophy and our Ooh. general recap of Destination Defender. Those are up there now. So you can take a look and see what you think. It's going to be great. Yep. It's going to be great. It's going to be great. Hop on down to the store, buy some stuff. There's good stuff. Stickers. We got stickers. We got t-shirts. Get everything you want. We got the little books. The spring collection is out and you, you need to get on board. You do need to so, get on board. So uh, hop on down there and get some seasonal Land Rover gear. Yeah. Send us in your ideas for uh, 3D prints. What, uh, what do you need? What do you think Linus needs printed 3D? He's game for anything. Some sort of marital aid, yep. I'm sure. Yeah. Maybe a beard comb of some kind. I don't know. You know, whatever. He'll do it. Well, with that, it's been a slice. We'll see you next week. All right. See you on the trail. Bye, Stephen. The Underpowered Hour is produced by Liza Barris, Ike Goss, and me, Steve Barris. Pavel Svartov composed and performed our theme music. Consider supporting the show on Patreon. And if you already do, thank you. Your support makes the show possible. For even more, check out our Instagram or Facebook.